Welcome to the Landlord and Tenant Podmess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I am the other host. My name is Tenant Michael. And um, don't worry if you tuned into last week's episode um, and you're a little bit afraid that I'm going to belch again or, or toot or barf or something. Um, rest assured, that's not going to happen. What happened last week was an anomaly. It will not happen again. I have read your emails. I've read your tweets. We have been... Yes. We received more messages for that episode than anything else we've ever done. People were not happy with my behavior. And I, once again, apologize for belching at the very start of last week's episode. I mean, you you crossed the line with that one. I mean, you know, we've touched yeah. on some edgy stuff. We have. Uh, over the last 160 episodes. But that one, people got up in arms. I mean, um, at Duncan, I don't know. Yeah. He tweeted that, you know, he was appalled. He was trying to listen to the podcast with his newborn baby. And that breaks and my heart. Now, it breaks my now heart. you screwed up that baby's brain. There was a youngster listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was pulled into the office Yikes. of Sonar podcasting that's our network mm. and uh michael and mariana were like you're on thin ice no more belching Jeez. you know i don't know mike it's i feel like sometimes you're intentionally sabotaging the podcast by doing stuff like that like you we're not gonna make a million bucks doing this <clears throat> if every damn episode you're burping or farting or what have you i mean i don't know man the thing are is you afraid of success no, I'm not. I'd like to make that very clear. I'm not afraid of success. Um, what I am afraid of is that maybe we have switched personalities because if you had asked me to bet who would be the first one to toot or belch on, on air, I would have said you, 100%. Mm. And I'm just, I don't know who I am anymore. It's like a Freaky Friday, but about two podcasters. Yes. Which could actually be a pretty popular movie if we're thinking about pitching anything. Oh, but we're back. Guess who's back? Back again. We are back. Us? Yeah. We're back, yes. Were you a big Eminem guy, Mike? Uh, I only actually recently got into him about six months ago. Yeah. Well, that's right, because six months ago you did get that haircut, the the pla the uh, blonde hair kind of buzzed haircut. Yeah, right when the pandemic happened and lockdown began and no one knew what the hell was happening, I kind of went uh, berserk and I, you know, got a buzz cut. I dyed it um basically yellow and I yeah. went on a I went deep down the Eminem rabbit hole. But I, I think a yeah. lot of people responded to this uh, situation the same way I did. Remember that was a thing? That was sort of a thing in like the late 90s, early 2000s, I think, not just for like kids with Eminem, but I feel like dads started dyeing their hair that color like occasionally yeah like, i think that did tr transfer over to dads eventually like hey i'm a bit wild i can't imagine my hair's yellow yeah i can't imagine as a kid how i would have reacted if my dad a grown man had suddenly just one day dyed his hair a new color mm. it probably would have I was shattered always, my family i was always <laughs> I was always blown away by kids who had dads who suddenly got their ear pierced. Is that like a very, 
low-key Canadian kind of uh, midlife crisis. Like, I'm not going to get a Corvette. I think it is. Not going to get a, you know, a 20-year-old blonde but girlfriend. I got an earring. <laughs> yep. And you know what? I know it's crazy, but I actually really like the earring. It's kind of fun. It's, you know, I'm not just all about work and, and cleaning up around the house. I also am kinky. <laughs> Guess your dad's a bit more of a punk rocker than you expected. Yeah. You got to think about Zoomers, right? What are, what are their kids going to do that's going to make them go, whoa, my kid's a freak? Because uh, Zoomers, I think mm. they're, they're, uh, they've got, they're into tattoos, dyed hair. They're into uh, body modification. Um, yeah. You know, what are the, what's the next generation going to do to shock their parents? You know, this is going to be surprisingly erudite for this podcast, but <laughs> remember that book, uh, what was it called? Welcome to the Goon Squad? Yes. There's a scene in that set in the future, and they address that very question, and all sort of cool 20-somethings in the future in this book had no piercings or tattoos or anything, almost as a weird rebellion against their corny parents who did that uh, now. Right. Almost like how, like, a... So they looked kind of boring. Hippie parents maybe had, like, very religious kids as because they rebelled. I guess you rebelled doing the whatever mm-hmm. the opposite is. Jennifer Egan. Yeah. Jennifer Egan. Jennifer Egan. So I guess if we have kids they to rebel, they won't have a podcast. Boy, do you think, like, I just always assumed if I had a son or a daughter someday that they would become podcasters like me. Do you think that podcasts will turn into, because, like, they're, they're big business now, and do you think, like most big businesses, oh, yes. they will become nepotistic, and so that, um, you know, there, there, there will come a day where... Joe Rogan hands over his show to his son or daughter, or maybe Michael Barbaro hands over the daily to like to his <laughs> child, and it becomes like a family like concern kind of thing. Yeah, I think that could work. I mean, the guys we fucked hosts could hand it to their their sons. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is not a politics podcast. Um, longtime listeners know that this is more of a fun. Uh, blowing off steam kind of uh, fun podcast where we talk to people about, uh, you know, where they grew up and what TV shows they're watching. But um, I can't help but mention something from the Canadian political scene right now. Um, Just this past week, the Canadian Conservative Party uh, chose a new leader, a new federal leader. Uh, And his name is, uh, you're going to get a kick out of this, James. His name is Aaron O'Toole. Oh, very, very Irish. Aaron O'Shaughnessy McFergus McLaughlin O'Toole. <laughs> Might as well be. And um, an interesting thing. Have you seen a picture of, of Aaron O'Toole? I have. Yeah. He's sort of a, <laughs> a bit of a jolly looking guy, I guess. He's got some major sort of Brian Dennehy energy going on. Um, yep. It's kind of a heavy set. Bit of Peter Griffin energy, maybe. A bit of Peter Griffin. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's uh, sort of mostly bald. Uh, he's got sort of a jowly face. Um, sure. There are a lot of pictures of him online where he seems to be like mid yell. Like he's he's got. You get the impression he's like a yeller. Um, yeah. But an interesting thing I noticed is that he is only. 47 years old can you believe that which is uh, no i honestly would have guessed i would have guessed probably 60 he looks 60 and so aaron o'toole is 47 years old 
Justin Trudeau is 48 years old. Justin Trudeau is one year older than Aaron O'Toole, who looks like he is Justin Trudeau's father, or, or he could be. Uh, maybe that's the sort of conservative conservative thing. Maybe he's trying to look old and wise and uh, rational or, or respectable. Something. I don't know. Or yeah, maybe he has terrible Irish genes. I think that might be part of it. He has, uh, yeah, he has green genes, as they call them. <laughs> and, and you kind of age in a cool Irish way, where you're like, uh, as soon as you can, you start looking old, and uh, yeah, get a good round head going on. Yeah, and uh, he's, uh, yeah, he looks very old for his age. And uh, recently, I just also looked up, just for some fun, I guess we both did. We both looked up for some fun, uh, some celebrities who are the same age as Aaron O'Toole, 47-year-old new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, He is the same age as Idris Elba. This is true. This is true. Uh, also ladies, Heidi Klum yeah. Heidi Klum so two attractive people you know ladies if you had to choose between Aaron O'Toole and uh, Idris Elba who would it be and for guys like us if we had to choose between Aaron O'Toole and Heidi Klum I think I know who it would be well come on we don't know maybe you know we don't know what the uh, sensual sexy side of Aaron is like you know That's I don't right. know um, he's also uh, Aaron O'Toole 47 that's the same age as Pharrell. Yes. Yeah. You think Aaron O'Toole is happy uh, that he looks <laughs> um, so withered? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's also the same age as Sean Paul, the rapper. Oh, wow. Sean Paul, famous for his song, Just Give Me the Light and Pass the Draw. <laughs> and uh, maybe he could uh, do a remix uh, that goes... Uh, just give me the light, Aaron Tootoo looks old. <laughs> That'd be a great collab, you know? Yeah. I can picture it's Aaron It's me, o- Aaron O'Toole, and people say I look old. <laughs> uh, Aaron O'Toole, he's 47. He's the same age as uh, actress and goop CEO Gwyneth Paltrow. But imagine if... Wow. Imagine how Aaron O'Toole would have looked different if he had had a little bit of goop in his life, right? Uh, healthy eating. He looks like he might have a have a bit of goop on him somewhere. Yeah. Well, but like the unhealthy goop. Mm, okay. Aaron O'Toole, he's 47, the same age as Alyssa Milano, political actress. That's right. Both are political, and uh, both are wondering, aren't too sure about the boss. Uh, Aaron O'Toole, <laughs> Justin Trudeau, and Alyssa Milano, uh, whether it's Tony Danza or Judith Light. Yes. Oh, he's the same uh. age as... This blows me away. How do we miss these? Aaron O'Toole, 47, same age as Eminem, who we discussed earlier. Hey, cool. Wow, that's wild. So so when Aaron O'Toole was, I guess, in his early 20s, that's when <laughs> Eminem was kind of blowing up. I wonder if he liked it. I mean, they're the same age. I wonder if he ever tuned in. I bet. And you know, here, I, this is an unconfirmed rumor, but I heard that when they were making the movie Eight Mile, before mm. Eminem agreed to star as himself, uh, they did hold mm. some auditions uh, for actors to play the role of Eminem. And I hear that Aaron O'Toole, he bought himself, he was so cocky, he bought himself a one way ticket to Hollywood and he auditioned <laughs> to play the role of Eminem. Didn't get the part, didn't get the part, but he tried. He's also, okay. 
I'm going to say a catchphrase, and you have to guess who I'm referring to who is the same age as Aaron O'Toole, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the catchphrase, Bazinga. Jim Parsons, also known as Sheldon. Yes! It's more like Bazinga, I can't believe how old Aaron O'Toole looks. <laughs> oh, so there's there's young Sheldon. There's Big Bang Theory mm. with kind of like 30s Sheldon. They should make yep. a show called Old Sheldon starring Aaron O'Toole. And he's a fiscally and socially conservative, uh, futuristic version of Sheldon. Oh, that could be very interesting. Is he still autistic? Yes. Even more so. <laughs> I see uh, Aaron O'Toole is the same age as actor Eric Dane, uh, also known as McSteamy on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I could see them as peers and, you know, yeah. Do you think Imagine that, uh, Aaron O'Toole was an actor. <laughs> and Aaron O'Toole, if, if he had appeared as a doctor on Grey's Anatomy, you had McDreamy, you had McSteamy. What would he be? Uh, Mc, McOld? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> McOld, yeah. McOld. Um, yeah. Oh, look at this. Two musicians. Aaron O'Toole, he's 47. He's the same age as both... Liam Gallagher and Trey Cool, the drummer from Great Day. Wow, cool. Isn't that interesting? Huh. I think yeah, what we're finding wow. is that he is the same age as so many celebrities who look considerably younger. Yes, I think that's the overall theme of and point of this little segment. Yeah. And uh, I think we've I think we've gotten the point across to be honest. It's uh it's a nuanced take, <laughs> but I think we've managed to uh, just just get it across. I think so. Oh, there's um, there's one more I'd like to do. Sure. Aaron O'Toole is the same age as as Dave Chappelle. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, they may have similar politics for all we know. Oh, and he's the same age as David Blaine. So imagine if Aaron O'Toole. If he was a magician, his big act would have been making his youth essence disappear. Because <laughs> he looks old. Yes, he, he does look old. <laughs> Aaron O'Toole. How about that? Well, um, great segment. It's too bad. Um, you know, we haven't been able to do music stuff as much lately. Yes. With, uh, COVID because this could have been a great opportunity for a fun theme song. Well, maybe I can drop in some sort of Celtic uh, p- fiddle music or pipe music. Oh, that can that's play a good idea. In the background. Yeah. There. Yeah. I love that. Well, um, I think that probably does it for the intro. Um, yeah. Shall we take a ba- uh, little break? I'm ready. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have a very special guest. She's a returning guest, but she hasn't been on the show in a long time. She's joining us from somewhere in Toronto. She's a comedian, an actor, writer. Please welcome to the show, Sarah Hennessy. Oh my God. Thank God for this podcast. It's great to be here, Landlord Tenant. How are you guys? 
<laughs> Good, Sarah. Thanks for joining Great. us. Uh, what a, like a beautiful, breezy walk down a stream of life right now. It's so good to be here. Oh, you know, it's great to have you. It's nice relaxed. to see a familiar face during a frankly difficult time. Oh, let's just get right down to it. I know. I took off my mask because I'm alone in the room. <laughs> That's when you can really let it all hang out. You know what? Before we get going, speaking of masks, <clears throat> in the building yes. the other day, I always, you know, in, there's a bylaw now. You have to wear a mask in the elevator or in the hallways of a, an apartment building. Yeah. I, uh, I was waiting for the elevator wearing my mask, and it opened, and there was a woman in the elevator wearing a Humane Society shirt, no mask, and she had a dog, and she said to me, uh, it's okay, you can get in. I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> she's got the upside down news at her i I was trying to make sense of what she meant and i just went no i'm good and the door closed i have no idea what she meant it's okay she was saying i'm not wearing a mask so she was kind of being like come in this elevator with me it's okay i'm not wearing a mask but what she does i I guess her point is that you're wearing a mask and it doesn't matter but it makes no sense what she said It's That's good for her because Mike Mike won't give her coronavirus, but she's going to give it to Mike. Perhaps yeah. this is the end of a Canadians being so absurdly polite because you actually had to say, no, it's OK. And like go to another elevator. Yeah. Did you tell I, her to F off, Michael? Uh, in my mind, I swore yes. on her, but I just went, no, it's OK. And also another time I was in the elevator uh, wearing a mask and uh, I had like three or four armloads of recycling to bring down to the lobby. That's and a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it really piles up. And then the elevator stopped at the second floor. So we're almost at the lobby. And the door opened. And the guy was like, do you mind if I get in? And it's supposed to be one person at a time in the elevator. And he wasn't wearing a mask. And then I was like, no, you just take the elevator. And then he just let me leave the elevator, carrying all this stuff to walk the stairs down one flight. <laughs> You're so Mike. polite, you're going to die from it. <laughs> so true. And also, Mike, that guy really cucked you. Why didn't you say, no, I'm carrying all this stuff? No, well, you don't have I to said, say anything. Michael, said, you just say no. I said, no, you can have it in a really sarcastic way. So I feel like I, <laughs> you know, I cucked him. But then you're wearing a mask, so we can't read at all what your face is doing. So it's like, that's, you just that's sounded true. happily giving him... And you're, and you're also carrying all these wine bottles down a bunch of stairs. <laughs> rosé. I'm just clinking my rosé bottles <laughs> furiously. <laughs> Why can't people just wait? Yeah. People are... I mean, at the end of the day... Yeah. I yes. I, yeah. Like, we're all just waiting. <laughs> I feel like this could be the start of a new, of a new segment called Elevator Talk. Oh, I've had a couple in the building I'm staying in. I've had a couple of uh, elevator moments with people. I really won mm. over a couple ladies. Basically, what happened was I was waiting to come up, and it's only, it's maximum two to the elevator here, and they were. Okay. T- I was definitely I was th- there before one of them, and so I rightfully should have gotten in the elevator. But then they t- turned to me and I said, "Why don't you both go in? You seem like your friends." And then they were like, they had a nice laugh, and they were like. Thank you. We are. And then they went and they rode together. And I was like, I'm going straight to heaven after this. That's you know really I mean? you know, nice of you. You know when you, you do a good, a good deed. deed, but it's like, yeah. it's not even good because you, you're too aware of how good it was. But you're still like, this is my ticket. This is my ticket to, to heaven. 
Well, but then yes. you tweet about it. Did you publicize, like, guess who just did a good deed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody was, like, screaming in this building, and I let two people go ahead of me because they both had leprosy, and they're old friends from the war. Um, I guess that's just who I am. Yeah, I did tweet about yes. it. 100%. <laughs> now, Sarah, you talking about doing a good deed, uh, it's a very Canadian thing, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that the time you've spent in New York City Ooh, hasn't, tough times. hasn't taken away your, your natural Canadian politeness and kindness. You know, it's nice yes. to see. I feel like everybody's kind down there. They're just really direct. Like here we're passively aggressively nice. Like we make we have this like weird buffer where you can't we you can't get mad at me or we can't have confrontation because we're just so polite. But there it's so direct that it's almost like I think it's almost better communication. Like we I don't know right. which Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I I remember being on a bus in New York and Ooh. it was full. <laughs> Okay, I'm not First bragging. Of all, okay, very cool, Mr. Uh, Moneybags. You know, kind of cool. All right, Michael. I was on a bus in New York, and uh, it was really full. And the bus driver kind of was like, "You got to move down, you know, move back yeah. to the back of the bus, you know." Yeah. And in Toronto, no one would have replied to it or said anything or even reacted to it. Maybe quietly have just smoothed back a bit. Mm-hmm. But on this New York bus. A dude just standing in the middle of the bus, like a passenger, sort of directly looks people in the eye and is like, you got to move back. Move, yeah. Come on, everybody, move back. He said to move back, move back. Like that kind of thing. That would yeah. never happen here, ever, in a million years. Whew, no. I know. It's. I feel like it's like it's like an attitude that like it, it's like it, it soaks into every aspect of our life. We're like so polite yeah. that we will like um, be buried by recycling like before <laughs> before we. The guy wasn't. Yeah, and the guy wasn't being mean. He was no, just. No, it's just direct. It's just direct, and it's not. Yeah, I totally, I totally know what you mean. Like they don't need all these bells and whistles. They don't have to glue gun on um, lace to like absolutely everything that they say. <laughs> like we're like, look how pretty everything is. There's doilies and lace on everything. Like that's how we are about our attitudes. Yeah. But really, we're not. You're we're right. like we skirt around our feelings and emotions so much because we don't want anybody <laughs> to feel uncomfortable that we honestly lose our actual compass for who for what we want in life because we're too. We can't even. We don't even know what our real feelings are. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You yeah. Canadians love your doilies and your lace. <laughs> Whoa, You're wearing your big like, dresses. James, huh? it sounds like you could, you could be like, uh, if they ever bring back uh, the Sopranos, you could be a character in it. Oh my God, well, I'd love that. Maybe there would be like a Woodbridge version. What's that? A Woodbridge version. I think a nice Canadian sure, Woodbridge absolutely. version would be excellent. Where everybody's like some like double kitchens, like a jarring <laughs> tomato sauce, and then also <laughs> getting some nice canola. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, my high school, I went to Catholic high school. Not to brag. Nobody's okay. surprised in the world. <laughs> uh, hold on. And, uh, You've ridden a bus in was... New York and <laughs> you attended a Catholic high yeah. school? This guy yeah, is a was, wild card. Yeah, and I would say my high school was uh, 95% Italian, maybe. I love that. So I was a real wild card in that high school. So I know all about North Carolina. You were the ethnic kid. Right? Yeah, I was. Absolutely. (laughs) He's a bit of an Italian, honorary Italian. (laughs) Oh, yeah. At my high school, it was sort of like um, even the kids that that didn't act Italian, like the punks and the skater guys were italian they just didn't act like it 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Sarah, no, like, anyway. Yes. You, um, how long have you, you, you were like living in New York now? You've been there for what, about, about two years or something? Yeah, it was two years in May. Do you live in a, like a very Italian section, like an Italian ghetto, would you say? Oh my gosh, you wish. I bet that's a beautiful picture to paint. I live in the Crown Heights, which is um, Orthodox, Jewish, and Caribbean. <laughs> oh, that's so a fun combo. So Sarah, you're a, you know, you're a, a, as you said, you're a young woman in your prime in New York. Are you, oh my God, yes. Are you dating? Are you getting out there? Oh, <laughs> I love this question. It's so, honestly, it's so exciting because I'm not like, I and, <laughs> and like, there's a lot of like arrows pointing to, that's how people date now. And I just can't do it because I feel like I'm a little like, I'm, I'm just too, uh, I'm too weirded out. I think it's because I do stand up. So it's like, I like to gauge people judgment like i want to be aware if i'm bombing so when you do something when you put a profile online like people could be making funny and you would never know <laughs> i'm too insecure for so it you want to know if you're getting bad feedback yeah yeah exactly yeah it's hard for yeah exactly i want to know if i want to know if i'm eating shit or not um also there, i don't like the lead up when people like find somebody that they like online and then they like kind of you kind of think oh my god oh I, I'm, we're getting along and then you meet in real life and then you're like oh never mind like oh god like that you can't account for the um for the like the the nuances spark. of yeah the spark you can't yeah. and then and then people get stuck like having to hang out with somebody when there is no spark and i'm like this just feels like we're in a like a a weirdly like frankenstein writer's room where we're trying to like <laughs> pretend we're friends and we're not Oh man! So, yeah. New York, so I will. Maybe. New York isn't uh, isn't quite the romantic city that some people might think it is. At least it for is you. for some people. Well, I got to mm. say, a lot of my a lot of the friends that I've made there are in it. They are in it. They are doing it with lots of different people. They're okay. they're like not afraid. They're like swiping, meeting up, hooking up, hooking up left, right, and center. And it and I it's so cool. I'm like, <gasps> like it's inspirational. And like they're just like, yeah, that's just how it is. And I'm like, that is so exciting. Like they're like, it's just me who's like apprehensive. But everybody else is it is romantic and people are doing it and like I know lots of people who are open and poly and they love that. Oh. Yeah. Right. But, and so like they but then I'm also like they don't experience the world like that I do because like I, I like I, I'm like you don't have that part of your brain that is like terrified you know and they're like yeah I do I'm like no you don't you don't <laughs> or else you would be too scared to do any of this <laughs> they're not they're, yeah their their heart center isn't just a ball of fear pretty cool <laughs> when you first moved to new york did you did any part of you in the back of your mind think like all these new york guys they're going to be knocked out by my canadian accent because when i spent some time <laughs> oh, in, my, in, yeah it's, it's a very sexy accent the canadian accent probably one of the world's most <laughs> sensual accents <laughs> when i spent some time in in the uk before i left i was like i bet english girls are going to be knocked out by my amazing exotic canadian accent and spoiler alert <laughs> I I was basically celibate for a year. <laughs> yeah, people are like, people are like, hey, you're Canadian. I can tell, and they say it like they can. They've just looked into like a moldy fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I try to think about what our accent would sound like if we weren't familiar with it. It's Actually, so listening goofy. to the podcast, I hear things in my voice that I don't think I sound like. 
And it, I guess we do sound kind of stupid, don't we? A little well, bit. It's yeah, sort of subtle, but we don't sound suave. It's a bit embarrassing. It's yeah. like, it's a bit embarrassing, but like, it's, it's comforting because it's what we know. Like, when I first came back to Canada, it was so funny hearing all the people at the airport on the Canadian side, how they were talking. <laughs> I just felt like everybody was my, my uncle and my aunt. Like, cause they're all like, Oh yeah. Um, Oh, come on through. Welcome back. You know, and all this stuff. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, even like, even a terrorist is like, everybody, everybody sit down. I got a bomb in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, well, do what he says, I guess, you know, because oh, well. everybody goes through something sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just it feels like yeah it's like i'm aware of how goofy it is but also i'm like whatever my experiences in new york are like in the summer like it's so hot like do you have ac at your place oh my god great question yeah oh yes (laughs) yeah i have (laughs) i I have a little bit ac and and it's it's like it really does the trick and it's yeah it does it's i guess it does get hot but like uh I don't know. It's kind of part of the part of the aesthetic. That's fun. I guess if you're not it's stuck on the sticky and stinky, and it's oh, part that, yeah. of New York. Oh yeah, when you see like a wall of garbage, that's like when you're like, ugh. But like, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I you just sort of like you're up for it. I guess if you're there, you're like, this will be okay. Mm. I don't know. It's weird because I'm not there right now. It's probably the grossest part of the year to be there. Oh yeah, true. You know, how Pure is garbage? It- like was getting across the because you you stayed in New York. A lot of Canadians who were who were in L.A. or New York sort of came back um, like in March or early April when things were looking grim in that country. You yeah. really stuck it out in New York. What was that like? And was it hard to eventually get across the border? Um, it was okay. Like basically, I stuck it out because I didn't want to come back. Like I, I there's something there's a, I, the, the 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 running like it felt like running for the hills, and it just felt like it's so hard to get down. It's so hard to get a green card and move down that I was right. like, well, I don't want to waver at the first sign of trouble, man. But this is like insane trouble, like that nobody could have predicted. You don't want to break Donald Trump's heart, right? <laughs> or like I just didn't want to like all my friends who grew up there and who live there who are from there. Like right. I can tell, like I like I'm, I think it's like this thing where you're sort of worried about what people think. Like I think a part of it was like, no, I like here, and I, I, I this is my home, this is where I live, and I like it. Um, and also, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh shit, smell you later. Like I think there was something so obnoxious <laughs> about that. Um, but then, yeah. um, but because there was no shows, and it was hard to spend time with other people, I got so blue. I was like so. <laughs> sad and i was like i didn't yeah. know what to do i like i didn't know what to do and i was sticking it out and i was like just trying to go about my day whether whether it was like trying to work on creative projects and then also hoping to get asked to do more zoom shows and then grocery everything felt monotonous like grocery shopping and like watching tv and like really just missing that connection i was so sad and then eventually i was like i think i'm gonna come back to toronto to visit my parents for a bit and so and then um and then when i got, as soon as i got back i kind of realized how badly i needed it because i was feeling so like i felt like i was in rehab when i got back like i felt like like a shell of a person that's like like just like had been through like a lot of stress like i was just like right. just like sort of i just felt like a puddle on the ground and so i had to like oh, sort of just yeah, so I just sort of had to like hang out 
and just slowly like it's like it's like in Princess Bride when he's all weak and then they slowly feed him soup until he and then teach him how to fight. Oh, like, yeah. like it feels like they were they were slowly feeding me soup and then now being on on landlord tenant podcast is like me learning how to fight again, you know. And then before oh, I know yeah. it, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, what a weird, yeah. weird few months. I mean, you can't blame anybody for feeling weird. Now, Sarah, Sarah you did. Now this, oh, oh, sorry. I, I mean, I think this is an important point. I'm just going to raise here, Sarah. You I hope it's about my air print- conditioning. <laughs> well, it's almost as good as that question, Sarah. You brought up the movie The Princess Bride a minute ago. Yeah. Do you like that movie? Oh my god, I really like that movie. I, I like I it. I know that movie pretty well too. It's like, that's like a real childhood favorite. That was like a, on heavy rotation at the Hennessy house growing up. What's your favorite like moment from the princess bride? Oh, there's so many great ones. Um, hmm. um I really, let's see. Let me think. Well, I don't I mean, know. The relationship between, uh, Peter Falk and Fred Savage. Oh, well, cute. yeah. I like when he's like, well, you don't have to leave yet. Like, I like those little yes, moments. They're right. so nice. I wish that the movie had cut out all the fantasy garbage and just focused <laughs> on the relationship between the grandpa and the grandson. Uh, is that a weird oh opinion God. to have? <laughs> well, there should be some kind of spinoff or sequel, yeah, just about the grandpa and grandson in this bedroom. <laughs> or even lose bedroom the grandson. sessions, it could be called. Why don't they call it bedroom sessions? Yes. Yeah. Bedroom yeah, sessions. That that, that, that won't get gross or anything. That's great. You know what I heard? Yeah. I heard that Rob Reiner, he directed it, right? Rob Reiner? Yeah, Rob Reiner. I hear that he and Andre the Giant did not get along. Oh my God, on you're the kidding set me. Of Princess Bride. And Rob Reiner would say, take it again, Andre. Another take. You're not, you're not acting well. And he broke down Whoa. and he made Andre the Giant cry on set. He was just so mean to Andre the Giant. It's what movie was it? Oh, um, Groundhog Day. Um, yeah. apparently, who directed that again? Was that Rob Reiner um, too, or was that Christopher Nolan? It was no, it was Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis, wasn't it? Okay, yes. I, um, yes. So he, apparently, him and Bill Murray were. Bill was such a dick to him the entire time on set, and they were in a huge fight. Like the entire, really? Really? yeah, they were like, he was just so mean to him and just treated him like shit. And, um, and, and they're then, like old friends. That's yeah. That's they were funny. old friends, but then yeah. I don't know why, like they were just like Tiffy and, and they were the freaking ghostbusters. I know. <laughs> and then, and then now like, I always love that movie, but now I can't watch it knowing that in between he was like, roll, was rolling his eyes at the director and being mean to him. It's, and then apparently they, they only made up when, um, Harold Ramis was on his deathbed. Jeez. Whoa. I just ruined this for everybody else. I'm too. dying. Oh, before I die, though, I got to make up with uh, Bill. Yeah, Murray. yeah. Bill came um, by and he's like, I'm really sorry for being a dick on the set. of yeah. Groundhog <laughs> Day. Do you think Bill Murray knew that he was going to Harold Ramis's deathbed? Or do you think he was just doing that Bill Murray thing where he just like pops up in random places <laughs> and just happened to be Harold Ramis? <laughs> oh, my God. When I first started hearing about that, I was like, that guy has the best life. Because, like, he's so whimsical, and he makes everybody's day. Like, people get so um, so delighted by his existence. And they're like, oh, yes. Just love it. Like, I heard about the taxi cab driver. Did you hear about that one? No. He, he told a taxi. He was in the taxi cab, and he was, like, asking the taxi driver, like, oh, yeah, um, so how long have you been driving, blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, yeah, I just wish 
you know, I've been working like you, I work so hard. I wish I didn't, I could like be the, on the other side. He was like joking. And then Bill Burry's like, pull over. And then he like drove him around all day and like took him somewhere cool. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm taking to see my dying friend, Harold Ramis. <laughs> <laughs> it all does come together like that. Like that's what happened. You know, what's crazy there. There is a groundhog day VR game and I'm not even kidding. Whoa. Ooh, I, I, I get it. Of all that. the movies that you would imagine as a, spawning a VR game, I'm not sure I would have thought of Groundhog Day. It makes but. sense. Do you think Super mm. Mario got nervous when they heard, like, oh, shit, we've got major <laughs> competition. The Groundhog Day video game is coming out. Mm. Yeah. Sarah, when you got oh back... Oh, my God, tell me. When you got back to Toronto, I think I know what you did, right? You've been in New York City for a long time. Did you say, get in the Uber and say, driver... Take me to the first pizza pizza we pass. <laughs> oh my gosh. To Dude, get a slice like of get... Ontario pizza. Well, I was watching, I was rewatching, what's it call it? Um, Scott Pilgrim. And they're all eating yes. pizza pizza slices as if it was ever good. That was the weirdest part about it. <laughs> like, like I love seeing all the Toronto landmarks and it's so like, it's so sad that, you know, a bunch of them aren't there anymore. It, but I remember that time, like that's so the era of me being in my early 20s in Toronto. So it was really, it's fun to see Toronto like that. But then I'm all like, but I'm sorry, dude, I can't suspend my disbelief. Like pizza pizza is a delicious slice. Like that's sort <laughs> of like, well, I guess it's just what you get if there's just nothing else going on. But it's not it's like. It's what you get when you like first move to the city and you're like 20 or something. Yeah. And, and you're like, you oh, it's 250. No, yeah. Yeah. And you've only <laughs> ever eaten sort of shitty food and, and you're yeah. kind of like, yeah, oh, cheap pizza. Mm. But it's never good. I don't think no. I ever once thought pizza pizza was good. Um, so, sir, <laughs> you're. Uh, Right now, you're uh, while you're in Toronto for a, a couple of d- a days. You're you're uh, house sitting for friend of the podcast, Chris Locke. Right? I'm at Chris Locke's house in Kathleen Phillips' house, and it's really, really comfortable and nice. And it's funny because it's sort of like everybody chooses something to do different to do in their life, and they maintained their like cool comedy lifestyle and had two cool kids and have two cool cats that I'm taking care of. And I really do like them and their bed is so nice. Their bed is so big. It's like a king size bed. I'm sleeping in their bed. This is the funniest part. I'm like, so this is what it's like if you have a family who loves you and you like make more people and you live in uh, by high park it's like, and then I'm like, just really surrendering to how nice it is, and like laying in their big king size bed with really soft sheets. And I'm like, two babies were born on this bed, <laughs> and it doesn't weird me out. I'm like, this is good. Like, Sarah, it sounds like I'm you're absorbing having, the nice energy. <laughs> it sounds like you're having a Goldilocks, a Goldilocks experience when you're sleeping in their bed, you're yes. eating their food, you're um, what's, what else did Goldilocks do? Um, yeah, it was bed, porridge, and um, chair. Oh, there was a chair that she, she... The first thing was a chair. Yeah, I'm definitely Goldilocksing it hard, but I'm like an enthusiastic Goldilocks where I'm like, oh, I like all these chairs. I like all these beds. I like all this porridge. Uh, I guess I'll leave before that, but I know when they're coming home, so I'll get out of here before they get back. Like, I am allowed to be here. <laughs> yeah, you didn't break in. Let's just make that clear. What, I didn't what break was in. Your, what was your favorite... Uh, this is an interesting topic. What was your favorite uh, fairy tale as a kid? Maybe we can go around and uh, reveal that to our listeners, and this will <laughs> this will be a nice little segment. Fairy tale. Um, like what? Like I guess if I'm oh I don't know because it, it depends. I'm thinking about like the Richard Scary books, and then I'm also thinking about the Disney style movies. Like it all kind of changes. 
um, depending well, pick- on what medium I was looking at. Well, let's see. What 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 children's story meant the most to you or made a big impression on you um, as a kid? Uh, biggest fairy tale for me? Yeah, that documentary called An Inconvenient Truth. Absolute <laughs> tripe. Honestly, that's a classic mic drop moment. Yes. Oh, I just had a mic drop moment. Great. Mike. Oh my God, Mike. That should be the name of your next album. Mic drop. Drop. Mic drop. It's just me. Mic drop. Uh, holding a mic over a toilet or something, and I have like, a smirk oh, on my face. Yeah. Or Half something. smirk. Yeah. Should I do that for my next album? Should I do a uh, uh, just like a close up of my face where I'm just like smirking and kind of like shrugging? Yeah, it's gotta be like I like that. And oh, and actually, <laughs> this is what you do. You're smirking. You're shrugging. It's called mic drop, but spelled M-I-K-E, obviously. And get yeah. this, Mike. You're smirking and shrugging and holding in your right hand mm-hmm. another smaller version of you upside down by the feet, <laughs> also yeah. smirking and shrugging Whoa. over a toilet. Yeah. And it's called mic drop. And the idea is like, you're literally going to drop Mike right. into a <gasps> toilet. Oh, my that, God. You- it really does work on so many levels. Yes. That's like a Salvador fl- Dali painting. It's like so. It's so weird to think about. Like it's so surreal. And, and, the, and that- the little the little mm. mic should have um, like a straight jacket on. Something edgy. That's good. Yeah. Or the person holding Mike could be sort of a muscle man, like a Venice Beach muscle man, mm. and he could be holding Mike by his feet, and it's called mic drop. Mm, I like I that. Maybe you that. only see his torso and his uh, groin area. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need his face because you only want your face on the album cover for your next album. Yeah. That's right. What about James and the Giant and the Giant? How about James and the Giant preach? Album. Oh. How about this? James and the Giant preach. Yes. Do you like or that? James and the Giant priest. Oh my God, that's actually so oh God. good. Oh God. Because we all know away. that you had a real a Catholic upbringing. You're running away from a priest who's chasing after you with his greedy hands. <laughs> yeah. Or what about this? And James you're holding and a giant. <laughs> James and the Giant beach, but. Not beaches in the sandy thing by the ocean. I'm saying the word bitch in an Australian accent. <laughs> Giants and the giant bait beach. And it's like, and it's you holding and it's you holding divorce papers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then maybe in parentheses it's said in Australian accent, and it's me holding divorce yeah. papers. Going, I love oh. it. And it's you and in the outback. Th- yeah. Yeah, and then all the stand-up is me being like, so my wife also took uh the cottage that's interesting yeah. yeah because you really need a cottage you know that kind of thing yeah with a with a new man that you're in, involved yeah. with because you and the dentist you're with i'm sure will love going to the cottage even though we can't swim yeah because there's too you, many snakes in the pond you'd have to do <laughs> you'd have to do a bit where you explain that uh even though you've probably i don't think you've ever been to australia right james no, not yet. So you'd have to explain <laughs> why you chose to have the album title uh, said in Australian accent, just so the listener mm-hmm. would understand what's going on. But I'm sure it'd be funny. Well, you, that's you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just put in parentheses, just right yeah. in Australian accent. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody, everybody, and listeners to the podcast know this. I'm heavily influenced by Australian culture. Uh, <laughs> Yahoo Serious was who I've based a lot of my podcasting career off of. Obviously, mm-hmm. the band Midnight Oil as well. So I think people might have a sense that, like, you know, this guy's influenced by all things Aussie. Yeah. Absolutely. People get yeah. it. Yeah. If not, just put, like, a flag, an Australian flag in your <laughs> hand as well. And here's Mike, something you, funny. Can, if you release it in uh-huh. Australia, 
is just called James the Giant Beach, and you don't have to have the parentheses saying... That's good. Right? Because they already say it that way. Um, yeah. Sarah, we need to think of an album uh, concept, title, and picture for your next album. So, uh, yeah, Sarah um, Hen... Oh, I, I get it. I know it. There's a big bottle of Hennessy. Okay, yeah. It's called, like, um, what could it be called? Uh, a sip of Hennessy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're um, tra- a shot Hennessy. of Hennessy. And you're Sarah swimming... And the, Sarah and, a, and the bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's to be said in American accent. Um, and then the album is just you sort of quietly drinking this bottle in a room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, wait, and, like, and, and then in parentheses, no, nothing's wrong. I'm just in a di- bit of a different mood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but can I paint a picture of the album artwork? I'm thinking of I love it. a giant bottle of Hennessy, and you are, I guess, tra- not trapped. You're inside. I guess you're trapped. You're trapped inside the bottle of Hennessy, and you're swimming. You're kind of paddling, but you have water wings on, and you're sort of shooting a kind of like a smirk and like kind of shrugging, going, huh, to the camera. Yeah, mm, I think Kurt Furlow would be really good at that. <laughs> All three of us do. Yeah, I've got another idea for a Sarah album. Since you've moved to America, it's you in front of a billowing American flag, and the album's called <laughs> "Oh Say Can You Hennessy." <laughs> Pretty good. That's really good, James. I think it will be that. Oh Say Can You Hennessy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think people are going to like it. I think I'll finally make all those friends I've been dying to make it in America. This is, yeah, like, you, you cool. take a hard right. You take a hard right political turn and it's all about uh, being pro MAGA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like I could finally be myself. I didn't even know what, what I needed until I found um, re- Republican culture. <laughs> yeah, you become like Nicole Arbor. You're like a Canadian comedian trying to make it in the States. And you're like, oh, this is one angle that could work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I could. I'll just follow in her footsteps. She's so cool. Yeah. She <laughs> is a pioneer blazing trails for all Canadians in American entertainment. Um, I have one more idea, uh, Sarah, for an album for you. You do? It's, it says, it's a spoof of a, of a well-known album, and it's, uh, it's you wearing a sort of uh, bandana, and you're playing a guitar that's on fire, right? Yes. And it says, the album title says, uh, Jimi Hendrix's greatest hits. And then there's, in parentheses, it says Sarah Hennessy. <laughs> I mean, I think, does anybody have a dinner bell? Because ding, 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 that's it. I don't that's even understand that in any way. Well, Hen- I don't think you need to. It's more of a feeling. Well, Hendrix, huh, Hennessy, it's very... You know, I think the listeners get it. Tennis, and if any yeah, listeners tennis. want to Photoshop these ideas and send them to us, um, yeah, we would I'd love, love to, to take get a look. Those. Yeah. I mean, I'm so sick of things, just doing things with my mind's eye. I'd love oh, some, like, a Photoshop whiz in my life. I hate my thoughts and my visions. <laughs> <laughs> Can I bring up the other night I watched, I watched, uh, I rewatched Eyes Wide Shut. Oh my gosh. With the maths and the, the, yeah. um, the toxic relationship. 
I haven't brought this up on the podcast before, have I, Mike? I don't think so. No. I rewatched it pretty pretty recently. That movie, I hadn't seen it since I was 18. That movie's so good. Is it? Do you remember it? I thought it was so good, but maybe Hold I'm insane. On. That's that's Nicole Kidman. It is the creepy sex mask movie. And they're like they're like trying to get in with this like crew of people. <laughs> well, sort of. Um, Tom Cruise. He's this sort of like successful doctor, and his wife's Nicole Kidman. And then one night, she sort of says to him, "He he he never gets jealous." And she's like, "Well, I'll make you jealous." One time, she tells him like this twenty minute long story about how she wanted to have sex with some Navy guy. So then he's pissed. He wanders the streets of New York. It's all sex stuff going on. He ends up working his way into a secret sex party and like for rich people in New York. And he goes in and that's when all the masks are happening and it's weird. But then they threaten to kill him and. Okay, I'll have to watch it again, but I can't believe it. Like he never gets jealous. And then she and then she's like, I'll make you jealous with this one story. And it totally works. And then he just takes off into New York City and finds a secret sex party. Like as if Mm. it's that fucking easy. I've walked around (laughs) New York City, like just just with like my best outfits on, just looking, looking (laughs) for whatever, whatever comes my way. Come what may. Okay, come what may. Do you know of any sex parties around here? I'm new yeah. in town. <laughs> this was before defund the police, so I would have asked an officer what he thought. Um, and and but I, I, that that's just like white male privilege. Like, of course, he could find it immediately where the yeah. cool sex dungeon is. Why is Fuck he you? jealous, particularly of a of a sailor man? Why? Yeah, why well, that to be, yeah, I mean, to be fair, she you told like that a uniform. fifteen minute horny story about how hmm. she glimpsed at the sailor and. Uh, Realized she would give up her marriage with Tom Cruise for even one night with him. Okay, that's what she told her me. own husband. That's a that's like harsh alert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, harsh alert for sure. Like you, you should have at least paused the movie there and said harsh. Yeah, oh, that's harsh, Nicole. Tom, yeah, that's I'd harsh. give up my marriage for just for one night with the Sila because she's Australian, <laughs> right? That's how she says it. I like that. I would, but I would love, but not even in a sex pervy way. But I would have loved to be at that sex party in the Eyes Wide Shut. It would be crazy. Everyone's wearing masks. And- <laughs> Just as a I bartender. Actually, I think it would help. Yeah. I think it would help yeah. get you into it if you didn't have to. Nobody had to see our dumb faces. Like you could you know just what? be like, That's probably true. Yeah, like you could just go for it, and then you're like, I'm just gonna pretend I'm part of a pagan ritual because you could like, probably almost do it with anyone if you're both wearing creepy masks. Yeah, because I'm like, it's like small talk is so uh like draining. Yeah, let's just mm. put on some masks and and pretend we're like I don't know, like it's us yeah. against the world. Do you, Mike? Do you think you could? Do it with almost anyone if they were if you were both wearing creepy masks. Mm, I don't know about creepy. Probably like a nice, like a fun mask, like um, like not a monster mask or like a demon mask, but like a maybe a I don't know clown mask or like uh, remember those Ronald Reagan masks? That Ronald yes. Reagan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I or like do the with Richard wearing... Nixon masks. Yeah, yeah. instead of these sort of like Commedia dell'arte. Yeah, yeah. They're like Commedia instead dell'arte of these masks. sort of like clay Greek painted masks, you Mike and his partner wear yeah. um, those plastic Richard Nixon ones. You just pull over your head, and it's yeah. hard to breathe in. Oh, but Mike, yeah. you like you like the you like a uh, fan of the opera's masquerade number, right? Paper faces on parade. Masquerade. It would have been. It would yes. have been. Uh, I love yeah. that number. Sometimes I'll watch it on on YouTube and just think that would be just the life to be at that party. 
Yeah. It would have been funny if uh, in Eyes Wide Shut, if Tom Cruise is wandering around this mansion and he sees all these sort of, quote unquote, beautiful people and rich people with their fancy thousand dollar masks sort of, you know, tickling each other with feathers and that kind of thing. (laughs) And then he goes around a corner into another room and it's two people in plastic Richard Nixon masks (laughs) doing it doggy style. (laughs) And they give him the thumbs up. Maybe I don't want to go in this room. Come on in, Tom. Plenty of room. Yeah. Um, here's a funny, uh, here's a memory. I remember I saw Eyes Wide Shut in the movie theater when it came out. It was such a big deal when it came out. And, were you uh, trying to get a, were you trying to get horny, Michael, as a teen? I was like, here's my one opportunity to get horny. <laughs> <laughs> if this doesn't work, nothing will. Um, such a weird movie for everybody to flock to. Yeah, well, I saw it with my brother my older brother and i had just graduated high school when it came out i went to go see eyes wide shot with my older brother and my former high school english teacher <laughs> oh my god dude are you kidding me of course you made friends with your english teacher let's go watch eyes wide shut together now that we're graduated it's fine it's fine to have this relationship let's watch eyes wide shut together let's go see stanley kubrick's new uh sex per erotic masterpiece yeah why did you see this with your teacher? <laughs> did you guys analyze it afterwards in like a chapters? I think we all went to, yeah, chapters or a coffee tea or me and uh, and discussed <laughs> the, the film afterwards. Yeah. I mean, once someone just- has taught you uh, A Tale of Two Cities, you want to see movies with them, right? I honestly, I honestly am picking up what you're laying down because I used to love when I made friends with the teacher, like, and I hung out with them outside of school. Like, I think it happened like a little bit, and I just felt like I won. Like, I was just like, they see that I'm so cool intellectual that it doesn't even matter that I'm not like younger. Like my drama teacher, she used to like be like, "Hey Sarah, do you want to go for a ride?" And I go in her car, and she smokes cigarettes and just talk shit the whole time. And I thought I was so cool, <laughs> but now looking back, I'm thinking. That's kind of gross. Like, why does she make me inhale over cigarette smoke <laughs> and like tell me yeah. about her marriage? <laughs> but then at the you also the- didn't you also didn't like go to see the movie Species with her. Yeah, like Mike basically did. <laughs> were you yeah. just like friendly with the teacher, Mike, or something? And like, yeah, how did that work? We were like, uh, I guess I was like, also like you, Sarah. I was involved in my school's drama uh, department and. Uh, and the musicals and stuff, and uh, he that really tore down like the authority walls. Like you yes. felt like you could mm. really t- call people rebels, by their first names, right? The yeah. drama people are rebels, and they're the cast of society. <laughs> Just give me a black box theater yes. and a and a simple lighting grid, uh, and we strike fear <laughs> in everyone's heart. Um, and yeah, because yeah. they're truth tellers. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, That's it. So, did you? I, I know James and I have discussed this before in your high school. Was there any, were there any scandals of like teachers dating students or, or anything like that, that uh, that you're aware of? Yeah, there was, there was one that came out. I I heard about after, like after we graduated, I heard about it and it was like one of my favorite teachers and like, I guess he like, he was like hooking up with a kid that was younger than me too. And so it was like pretty nuts to hear about because you're like. You're like, oh god, the way the the way in which I like really craved their approval, and then and then you see what happens when he, you really get their approval. And I was like, gosh, it's almost like the school system's fucked up or something. <laughs> it's like it's weird, yeah, yeah. And there's like, uh, it's nuts. I can't believe high school's only four years, but it's so like, the, like such a touchstone for everybody. 
Yeah. yeah I mean, it seems you, a lot longer. You uh, probably, most people, it's like uh, you have your first, you know, case of heartbreak. Um, you learn <laughs> how to, to deal with, with different people from different backgrounds. First hickey. First hickey. <laughs> you see your first erotic film with your English teacher. <laughs> I can't yeah, even handle remembers, it Everyone remembers the first erotic film they saw in theaters with their teacher. Did you ask your life. teacher? Did your teacher ask you? Like, how did this happen? Good thing your brother was there to chaperone. <laughs> I forget. Yeah. Your brother's I forget like, if you want who? Michael, you got to go through me first. <laughs> I'll allow it to happen, but only if I can watch. <laughs> you get to. If he takes you to Eyes Wide Shut, I get to go with him to see Boogie Nights. Okay, I mean, <laughs> that's another really sexy movie. Whenever somebody invites you to like watch Boogie Nights at their house, it just means that they want to get get it on. That's Netflix it. and chill. I can't wait till somebody asks me to do that. <laughs> but you know, Mark Wahlberg's penis is fake at the end, Sarah. No, it's real. <laughs> Just <don't> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is like so tragic, but then I'm like, why do I relate to him the most? <laughs> <laughs> and his penis is fake in that as well, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. And you didn't even have to see it, so it's crazy that he wore it the whole time. Well, he was method, I guess, you know? So I mm-hmm. guess he just wore the prosthetic on uh, his shorts. <laughs> I like it. He was ready to play. Man. That's cool. Now, I'm a little bit sad this week because it was supposed to be uh, the uh, CNE was supposed to be on right now, the Canadian National Exhibition uh, here in Toronto. It's our uh, annual, I guess, not county fair, but like a city fair, a Conklin fair, and uh, not happening this year, so you can't go and get uh, candy floss, you can't get snow cones or hot dogs you can't go on uh, terrible roller coasters or see the live entertainment from the musicians do you guys have uh, any great memories of going to the cne uh that you'd like to share right now on the podcast that we're on i always went in with high expectations like i was always <laughs> ready to fall in love like i was like tonight's fall the night love. yeah like i was like tonight's the night that i'm gonna meet somebody at the cne <laughs> and then you know you walk around and you just sort of like the lights and the and the vibe and the like smell you, the smells of like different um funnel cakes or no tiny tom's donuts or whatever and then you're like oh those around. are good those are very good those donuts oh my gosh well because it's like that's like it's a feeling of excitement and like anything can happen it feels like right. it feels like a movie set, right? And so you're like, well, what do I want to watch a movie about? Either a murder's <laughs> going to take place or, or somebody's going to fuck. <laughs> One or the other. That's all life is. Um, well, yeah. I had good good memories of the CNE, but I'm just also remembering, because I, I spent time in, in Calgary as a kid, and I remember going to the Calgary Stampede as a very young child, and my parents paying to, to uh, get me like a, a donkey ride. And what that was is they just they put you on a donkey that's tied to a pole, and it's like a depressed old donkey that just walks in a circle all day yeah. with kids on it, and it smells like it's shit. It's so captivity style, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun, fair uh, ride. Yeah, well, it's a great photo op. Like, you gotta get mm-hmm. on an animal. Yeah. You gotta get a pic with the donkey. Did yeah. you, and so do you remember enjoying it, or, like, what was the... Do you remember... I can't or, or now you're just focused on the donkey, kind of. 
I'm focusing the donkey. I I can't remember if I cried or if my brother cried, or maybe we, maybe we both cried. But I I don't think we necessarily enjoyed the experience. I think my main memory of the CNE is like I I I mean this is going to come as a shock to you guys. I know I'm pretty ripped, pretty athletic. Yes. Um. So maybe it won't. But I was like a pretty good like as a kid. I was a pretty good baseball pitcher. Like I, I, you know, I was on like the Orangeville team and we'd play like in <laughs> Toronto and stuff and uh, I could throw it pretty fast and like strike guys out. And so, you know, in the major leagues, the the best pitchers are throwing at like 95 miles an hour or something like that, or even a hundred. Um, but you could even, you know, um, so I kind of thought, well, obviously I can't throw the ball like 90 miles an hour, but surely, you know, I don't know. Like I could throw it pretty fast. Like I'm pretty good. So I went to the CNE and they had one of those things where you could throw a baseball and it'll tell you how fast (laughs) you're throwing it. And I was like, you know, it's going to be not obviously major league level, but it'll be pretty good. And I honestly think... It was like fifty six miles an hour or something like that. It was just I like, feel like that's I feel oh. like that's pretty good. Well, were you thanks. depressed? Yeah. Well, it's shattering. It's shattering. I know what you mean. I used to think I was really strong, and I remember just thinking like, "Whoa, I can't believe how strong I am." And then I I remember one time, like this kid in my class, like I was like, I don't know why we we're talking about fighting, but then he just the the ease in which he just like threw me down a hill and I was so powerless. I was like, oh, it was like a real reality check that I wasn't actually as strong as I thought I was. It's like, that was like my personal pitching. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I found out that I was only going 56 miles per hour. Have you ever been disillusioned by your lack of strength, Mike? (laughs) Um, let me think here. Yes. I think like constantly. Uh, I, (laughs) when's the last time that happened? I think, well, sometimes when I do push-ups, a few hours later I get a, sp- <laughs> a splitting headache that ruins the day. <laughs> <laughs> and then you find out later it's just carbon monoxide. <laughs> Why am I doing push-ups right by the exhaust pipe of this truck? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Gro- the the growing ailing bodies of adults. Yeah. <laughs> when you really feel something that happened before. <laughs> your bodies do change. Start, you can feel your body start to change in your 30s in a bad way. I have, I have to eat. I have to like go out of my way to eat fiber. I never had to think of that before. That's not a fun change. <laughs> so I, my gym membership, like all gyms were closed for like. What gym were you going to? Uh, good Life Fitness. That's, well, that's nice. I, I had a discount because when I originally signed up, the guy who was giving me a tour was like, Oh, um, actually, I'm also interested in uh, getting involved in the comedy scene. I'd love to take you out for oh, pizza and God. beer and uh, give you some of my material, and you can give me some notes. So he, <laughs> he, gave me he wants to take you out, out for for a, like a birthday party. I was <laughs> like, hey, I only go out on on you know dates like this with my ing- former English teacher, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, you didn't. Yeah, no eyes wide shut for him. No eyes wide shut. So it was Good Life Fitness, and it's been closed for six months. But they reopen, and I'm like, I don't want to go back. It's like weird. Did and they start charging you immediately or no? I paused it, and I'm going to cancel the membership. But th- apparently, you don't have to wear a mask inside, and even though they limit the number of people in there, it just seems like a bad idea. I don't know. Are are people yeah, allowed no to rush to grunt when they're pumping iron? Is grunting yeah, a big it- source of Corona? 
I mean, when people are pumping iron, they love to grunt. I remember going to the Y and always being like going up to the to the weights level and always being like amazed by like the performance that people <laughs> were putting on. There's <laughs> like lots of grunts and groans and just like uh, like laser focus at the, their own eyes in the mirror and stuff. <laughs> like I was do embarrassed. Think, do you think some people are going to the gym just to try to seem hot to the other people in the gym? Oh, yes. absolutely. Especially like like lots of like people cruise that way. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, like the Sport. I guess the the sauna room is like a pretty a big uh, spot, probably for um, you know coronavirus these days <laughs> and like herpes <laughs> and stuff <laughs> and the common cold. I miss- they're always like kissing there. <laughs> I miss they're always the, uh- asking each other out in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> you pass someone a wet piece of paper that just says do you like me yes or no and they have to circle yeah. it <laughs> yeah exactly um the one thing i miss about going to the gym is that machine where you open and close your legs like a, a i bellows? love that one that one's That's the fun only thing to do. I miss. yeah yeah you, well, you, you like doing that eh mike <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> keeps me fit <laughs> keeps me in shape keeps it's me the focused. only yeah it's the only one you really need to do it doesn't yeah. seem like a full body workout, but it is one. Interesting. Yeah. Just joking. I don't know. You know what sort of <laughs> pisses me off? You know when you're walking down the street and it's a hot day and there's a dude who's super ripped. Oh, I And he's jogging with his shirt off. You know, like, I mean, congrats. You look great. But like, we don't need, you can wear a shirt for God's sakes. Oh my God. The guy. Yeah. (laughs) There's a guy in my acting class, um, my old acting class. And he did a video of himself on Instagram last night. His Insta stories where it was him shirtless. He's so ripped going Mm. up and down in Manhattan under the scaffolding. He's like, it's raining like crazy. So I can't like, I can't go. I have to just run back and forth in the scaffolding. But the the camera's really focusing on his glistening like body. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, does anyone stay in shape during the past five months? I, I'm really uh, puzzled. They push it to, yeah, I guess it's just like they're just pushing it to the limit. He's like, he's like a real, I think he's like, yeah, he's just like, it's like a commitment. But he's like, it was so, um, obviously like he knew what he was doing and i was like whoa <laughs> oh, man i felt like i was watching a magic mike movie i was like damn look at that bod he's really goes for it <laughs> hot, pe- hot people are actually really annoying james i'm trying to imagine james! you what would happen james if you were on the street walking down the street and like kind of the hot guy with no shirt walks by and you go out loud like congrats you look great <laughs> what he would say yeah oh wow we're all so happy to see your hot sexy body yeah Ooh, why don't i just run my hands up and down your big pecs and chest you know what everybody why don't i just pull down his shorts and let's look at his big huge dick actually you know what why don't i just start jerking you off huh? <laughs> i hope you're happy oh. sir <laughs> I mean, it's one way of you know you're showing him if you do that. So yeah, teach him a darn lesson. I mean, I don't think uh, you're, you guys are you guys aren't realizing how hot you both are. You, you guys oh, are hot guys. Come on, Sarah, come you're on. hot. You're so Jeez. mad. You're so mad at hot people that you're not even taking time to look in the mirror. No. <laughs> you guys are glistening. You guys are glistening in a beautiful well, way. Well, thank you. That's really nice. Um. Should we transition to the fun segment? 
I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Well, the last couple of weeks we've been doing this segment and it's been pretty fun. So we're going to do it again with Sarah and it's called Draft Folder Disasters. No! No! Uh, and the, basically the idea is uh, we all look at our Twitter draft folder and read out a tweet that we wrote but decided not to tweet. So it ended up in our draft folder. For whatever reason, there are a lot of reasons that, um, you know, we sort of don't tweet at the last minute. And uh, this is a, an opportunity for us to explore these ideas that didn't quite make it. Yeah. Yeah. Shall I go first? Sure. Sure. All right, here is a tweet that I wrote but did not tweet out. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, here we go. Do yourself a favor. If you want to see Titanic, watch it on a TV. I regret watching it on my phone. <laughs> and that's the tweet. <laughs> it's such a long movie and you watch the full thing on your phone. Send yeah. it out, man. I think you should put float that one out to the ocean. I think it's great. Really? But Maybe it's I'll a tweet tale. that one. Okay. That I mean, yeah. if James Cameron sees that, imagine what would happen if he retweeted that. You'd be you'd go viral. You'd be on you know you'd be on Conan. I think, Maybe yeah. you're right. I think I was just imagining you know Titanic was like this long movie you gotta see in theaters, and mm-hmm. the <laughs> idea of someone just sitting on a couch watching it on his phone. Maybe there's a better movie to suggest, but. Like 2001. Yeah. No, Titanic. Yeah. Avatar. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's a bunch of people who are always like, you gotta see it on the big screen. Even when I like make like a short little video, I'm like, I wish there's just a way to get everybody to see it on the big screen. Because <laughs> that way, people, well, people can't get distracted that way. Like if they're in a dark room with a big screen and usually you can't use your phone. So like if I was, I, I suggest we do everything on the big screen. <laughs> uh, Mike, well, do you have a draft folder disaster? I do. It's 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 a real stinker. I'm opening up my draft folder and the oh the smell is unbearable. They're all so bad. Um, but here's one that uh, I didn't tweet, and it uses a, it's a it's a format tweet. You know those are very popular. Tired. I love those. Wired. Oh, so cool. Tired. Wired. So this is oh um, tired. Wired. Yeah. It's a format tweet. Tired. Roadside corn stands. Wired. <laughs> roadside. Ra- roadside ravioli making workshops. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I can see how I didn't you maybe thought that. it was a little niche. Yeah. But I like it. Because you know, good actually. This time of year, you see, if you leave a city um, in the countryside, you have all these little roadside corn stands, people selling fresh produce. And I got thinking, what would be strange to be selling instead of corn, right? Yes. Oh, I love getting a peek into your mind, uh, the machine. <laughs> Coming up with that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I love ravioli. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, do you have a, a draft folder disaster that you're willing to share with us? Oh, yeah. Here's my draft folder disaster. Um, sorry, I keep on looking at... So I think I found what I was going to say, and then I kept on looking, and then I found I forgot where the other one was. Because there's, oh, honestly, worry. there's a lot. Like, I have some... I have, I have one from Canada today. Can't believe I'm missing Canada Day, Canada's most sexually flirty holiday. That was from Canada Day. And I just, I, I couldn't like put it out there because I guess people didn't, I, I knew people couldn't handle it. Um, oh, here's one from... It's steamy. It's pretty steamy stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, also, but then also people got pretty real with Canada Day. And they're like, what are we celebrating? I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you didn't want to be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, one was at the beginning of uh, quarantine here. Um, Ooh. Okay. Where I wrote, it's so nice to see all these alt comics making such great stuff from their family's luxury homes. But then, but, but then look who, like, which is a little too bitter for my real comedic voice. And also, look where I ran back to my parents, my parents' house. Like, I, I stuck it out for a bit. I'm picturing you um, when you wrote that bitter tweet that you were like puffing on a cigarette with like oh a my frown, God. and you were kind of like shaking your fist, like a hand, a hand rolled like pinner cigarette. Yeah, yeah, and I sl- and I slicked back my hair with gel, and I was just like, <laughs> nobody even knows who I really am. And you were wearing a T-shirt that just said "Kiss my ass" on it. Yeah, Whoa. kiss my, kiss my, kiss my ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hell, I'll once just, it's I'll- just a thing that happened. Can I just tell you this one? Sure. Because this is actually a thing that happened. Like I never tweeted it out because it's not really a tweet. But once my cousin Annie escaped a bear attack in the Yukon. While I was on an escalator at the mall. <laughs> like, I was not in the Yukon, but, like, while it was happening, I was at the escalator. I like on an that. Escalator. You should tweet that. No, I don't think so. Well, I have tweeted yeah, for one. Can... Yeah, it makes you think about consumerism, and she's out there in Yukon, and... Yeah, well, I just wow. think it's funny that it's like she's having true life or death, death uh, uh, like, you know, experience. I'm like, how am I going to feel good today? Fuck it, I'm getting those shoes. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, I hope this bear doesn't eat me! Yeah. <laughs> Does your cousin live in the Yukon? She was there for a while. She doesn't live there now, but she was living there and working there. She was tagging birds, like, oh. to study them. Like, you tag them, and then you, um, I guess, monitor where they go and what they get up to. Did she leave oh. the and Yukon then, yeah. because she was attacked by a bear? No, her, like, her job was, uh, was up. Like, she was just oh. there for a season. I see. But I remember like getting I was at the mall when I got this email from her and it was to everybody in the family and that that never happens. And then she was telling it was like I was like looking I was on the escalator and reading this email (laughs) that detailed what happened to her and how like her life flashed before her eyes and how she was stuck in this mud and she couldn't get out while she was trying to run to get into a van and this bear was coming to her. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to get off the escalator like it was moving too fast. (laughs) <laughs> well, so you could imagine you, yeah you send yeah. a follow-up well i was on kind of a fast-moving escalator so yeah exactly my god um so i have another one uh another draft folder disaster if you guys are interested sure um it's about television it's about a long-running game show that i'm sure you're familiar with here's the tweet yes seeing soldiers on the price is right is nice but would it kill them to have some contestants from isis yeah that makes sense so like in the in the sort of final showcase showdown you have the two teams you have the american soldiers versus isis yeah now i like remember when they they tried to rebrand as isil isil yes that was not a i that did not roll off the tongue isis well it's like changing your name midlife nobody's gonna go for it no yeah no, you're ISIS. Stick with it. Yeah, stick don't try to make your own nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, good. Anyone else have a uh, another draft folder disaster they want to share, or we could just end the segment abruptly. 
We can. I think we should end it abruptly. I mean, like, I could read more, but I, I, but, but I'm, I'm imagining people just losing more respect for me as I read them. <laughs> because also, it's like this magic behind the curtain thing. You don't like. I feel like you don't want people to know the effort you put into stuff because it almost oh, like you like. I feel like tweets feel like almost like stand up where it's like you don't want people to know that you work on it. Right. <laughs> I mean, like I it's spend, supposed to be spontaneous. I spend between 48 and 72 hours on every tweet I do. And that's just I'm not afraid <laughs> uh, for the people to know that. <laughs> oh, my God. You are so brave to like share your yeah. process. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, and especially uh, as a man, it's important for me to say that to let other men know that it's OK to yeah. admit that they work right. on their tweets. Right. Yeah, right. and yeah, some sensitivity and yeah, vulnerability. your craftsmanship, vulnerability. Um. Well, I guess that'll that'll do it for draft folder disasters. And I mean, unless Mike, there was anything else we wanted to touch on here, I think I have this would bring us to the end of the road. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> draft folder disasters. <laughs> Sarah, is there is there anything you wanted to mention? You're on Twitter. You're on Instagram. Yeah, and just like I don't know, I'm pretty uh, up for hanging out in real life. If anybody wants to, like distance, of course. But yeah, my <laughs> schedule is pretty open. And uh, well, great. Mm-hmm. I mean, seeing people being social is it's it's all it's what being humans all about. And um, yeah, hopefully people will reach out to you. Um, but please, <laughs> please enjoy Chris and Kathleen's house. Eat their food, oh, pet their cats, and and please take care, Sarah. I love you guys. Thanks for having me. I love landlord and tenant podmas. <laughs> Thanks Us for coming too. on, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Okay, bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar. So, you just got done listening to the new episode of this podcast, and now you're looking for another one to get into. I know what you're thinking. But Cody, the new podcast I want to get into is an improvised comedy with a horror theme. Well, guess what, little podcast fiend? You're marking up the right alley. Because I'm one of the hosts of Spooked, the improvised scary story podcast where it's never scary and sometimes a story. Now you're thinking, wow, that sounds awesome, but where do I find that? Well, the same place you found this one, thesonarnetwork.com. You click on it, you listen, and get ready to get spooked.